Good morning. On this Sunday morning, we want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today, we're going to have a little bit more of an extended teaching, uh, since those of you that may be home for Sunday service, then we're just going to take a little bit of an opportunity to go a little bit further in our devotional and teaching. So that way you don't get to miss your opportunity to go to church. And at the same time, have both a combination of a devotional and a service message. Well, again, I thank you for being with us. In the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 15, verse 20, as we continue our teaching on the feast of first fruits, this is what the scripture has to say. And we're going to be reading mostly out of the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, and we're going to be following along in that one specific area. So as we do that today, uh, please follow with us and enjoy the teaching. But now is Christ risen from the dead and is become the first fruits of them that slept. Let's read that again. But now, in other words, this, this, this has taken place. But now is Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, risen from the dead. And has become the first fruits of them that slept. Because of Jesus, the resurrection was made possible for all men, all women, all individuals that believe on him. He made it possible for us to be able to, according to the words of Jesus himself, he that believeth on me, even though he were dead, he shall live again, he shall rise. So Christ has become the first fruits. Meaning, the down payment has been made. This is the evidence. This is the evidence that there are more to follow at some given point in time that he has established. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15.21, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Now, Jesus is referred to in the scripture, in the book of 1 Timothy, in chapter 2 and verse 5. He is referred to as the mediator between God and men. The man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the man. That physical body that he abode in and lived in is the same physical body that was transformed and glorified and changed by the resurrection from the dead, he still retains that body. It no longer has the blood in it that it did. It does have bone. It does have spirit. And it is alive, incorruptible forever. In verse 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. And when it says all shall be made alive, it's talking about those that are in him. Those that are in Christ. Meaning not every single individual on the planet is going to be made alive. But those that have believed on Jesus as the scripture has said shall be made alive. So, once again, <clears throat> for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. 
And this has to do with the resurrection unto eternal life forever because there is a resurrection but unto death or unto separation and punishment which will be also eternal. In verse 23, the scripture goes on to say, but every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. So right here we're given the specifics as to when we are going to be changed, when he comes back for his church or when he comes back for those that have believed on him. Now, this has been established or this has been uh, made known as the rapture. Of course, there is a, a little bit of, a, I'm not going to say confusion, but uh, discrepancy as some believe that it'll be at the beginning of the tribulation and then some in the middle and some at the end. But the fact is that those that are dead in Christ, those that sleep in Christ, shall be made alive. They shall be brought to life, everyone in his own order, Christ being the very first fruits, and then afterwards those that are Christ at his coming. Then verse 24, Then cometh the end, when he shall deliver up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule, and all authority, and all power. Verse 25. For he must reign till he has put down all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Now notice, it is the last enemy. And if you study and read in the book of Revelation, you will see that death, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. In verse, 20, uh, in verse 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Verse 27, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under his feet, it is manifest that he is expected which did put all things under him. Now we go to verse 36, talking about the resurrection, as the question was asked concerning, how does this take place? How does this happen? It says, Thou fool, that which you sow is not quickened except it die. In other words, the only way we can ever, 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 ever have a new body and have a resurrection is either one, we are caught up alive at the time that Christ comes and are transformed instantly and immediately, or we have died. In other words, the seed has been planted in the ground. Once the seed has planted into the ground, that old outer casing, that hard shell that conceals the life that is within the spirit and the soul must be dissolved into the ground. If you've ever watched little seedlings come up, you notice that at the tip of the leaves, the old shell is kind of still sometimes hanging on there before it falls off. Well, it's the same thing. The old body must be dissolved. It must be completely done away with. So the Apostle Paul here describes us as, Thou fool that which thou soweth, 
is not quickened except it die. The only way it can be made alive, it has to pass through death. It is appointed unto man to die once, and after this, of course, is the judgment. But, but, the good news is that once we do die, we are in the presence of the Lord. We are in what, what some would call paradise, uh, what others would call heaven. But we are no longer bound in those chambers underneath the earth like the Old Testament saints were. We're no longer uh, uh, ceasing to exist. But now we are more conscious of God than ever before. In verse number 37, it says, And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but a bare grain. It may perchance of wheat or of some other grain. In other words, the body which is planted is very different than that which is going to grow up and bear the fruit or be the new life. Jesus gave the example of his own self. In John 12, 24, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Jesus was talking about his own body, his own life, his own death, and his own burial. He compared himself to a seed that is planted into the ground, and then it dies. But if it does not die, then it abides alone. In other words, you can have a seed stored up for many years, and it'll do nothing. But once it goes into the ground, and between the elements of the water and the soil and the sun, working on that seed, it perishes. It's completely corruptible. But the new life that is within that seed comes out. And that is what Jesus did for us. As the first fruits of the resurrection, he was planted literally into the ground. He gave up his life willingly. He said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. And because he did, because he was sinless, because he was perfect, the grave could not hold him. Hell could not hold him. His body could not see corruption. He had to be transformed. And because of that, then we see that the new body, the new first fruit, actually comes out. The new first fruit is perfect. The new first fruit is holy. The new first fruit is whole before God. And the scripture says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-eight, as we continue reading, But God giveth it a body, as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. In other words, we're not all going to be off an assembly line, all looking the same. Each and every one of us will have a spirit body that will live eternally, but it will pretty much look like your old self, but probably, probably, most probably, in a younger fashion or older fashion, if you were just a child, and you will actually be able to, with that new body, now do things that in your physical body you can't do because of sickness and disease and all these other things. The scripture says in verse 42 of 1 Corinthians 15, So also is the resurrection of the dead. 
It is sown in corruption. It is raised. It is sown in corruption. <clears throat> it is raised in incorruption. Verse number 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. And it is raised in power. And the word power there is actually the word, not authority, exousia, but it's the word dunamis. It's raised in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's raised in the power and the glory of God himself. It is a body that emanates with the power of God in it. So, once again, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. No more shall we say, I can't do this. I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. There is no such thing as weakness at that point. In verse number 44 of 1 Corinthians 15, it is sown a natural body. Notice, a natural. We are natural physical creatures. But in us, we have a spirit from God and we have a soul. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And because of that, verse 45, as it is written, <clears throat> the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And in verse 46, the scripture says, However, that which that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Afterwards, that which is spiritual. Our physical body has got to pass so that the new body, the spiritual body, can take its place. In verse 47, the first man is of the earth, earthy or soulish. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 48, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. Notice a distinction is made. It is not the same thing. Verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Consider these things today. May God grant you the grace to understand that there is a life beyond this life that is much greater, that is worth the fighting for, which is worth the living for, which is worth everything and anything much more than this natural life can give because there awaits us a life that is eternal. And this is only the beginning. May the Lord richly bless you. Enjoy your time in the Lord this day and set it aside to meditate and consider what we have said today. In Jesus' name, amen.